Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of baseball, Tom Cruise modeling, vodka, and yet again, William Grant and Sons. Today's guest is Trevor Schneider of Reka Vodka, has an amazing ponytail, has a rich past in modeling and acting, and sitting down and chatting with him at Vox Table here in Austin, Texas was a privilege. We sip some vodka bitters. We talk about Iceland. We talk about baseball. We talk about reevaluating your life after a massive injury. And I hope you guys find this chat incredibly revealing, but yet so transparent. It's great to get to know Trevor. And this was one of the most memorable chats I've had. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Trevor Schneider of Reka Vodka. Yeah. So I've been taking a shortcut as to just clicking on what the top hits are for the week. Oh, I see. see. And then letting that kind of filter through. I'd say that I'm a junkie for top 40. Okay. All right. I'm a junkie for top 40. You like the new Drake album cover where they play some random places? (sighs) uh... (laughs) It's not that I don't like him. I just prefer, you know. Well, there's nothing wrong with Drake. You know, I mean, he's Canadian. That's good. That's good for him. That I have a lot of Canadian friends. Yeah. A lot of Canadian well, friends. I have like two, I think. I've interviewed more Canadians than I actually have friends from Canada. But so top 40 guy. So yeah, I mean, I'm a top 40 guy, but I really like all types of music. My father was a DJ. Was he really? So In Jersey? In Jersey. What kind of DJ? Freelance dish jockey. Okay. So all sorts of parties from Sweet 16s to anniversary parties yeah. to corporate Christmas parties to... Uh, proms. Was it primarily vinyl then? Uh, his collection, kind of I believe, and don't quote me on this, sure, was sure. probably more than 125,000 vinyl. God damn it. He had a lot. Did your mom kicked him out of the house? <laughs> he had his own studio in the garage. Yeah. So I did spend a lot of time. I had an older brother that actually was a DJ, but I did spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. He, My brother DJed for a little while. It was never an interest of mine, but I certainly came up learning and being surrounded around, by music. Surrounded by music. music top is, 40 makes sense then, doesn't it? Top 40 and, and just kind of knowing those tunes and knowing those, you know, whatever, the rhythms behind it has been something that I've always kind of been accustomed to unconsciously. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the old Prince thing? Everybody's broken up about I'm, it. They haven't I'm, listened to his records for 20 years, but that's just an aside. I'm, well, like, great point. And yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm a fan of his music. But after I heard that he was kind of on the, we need to land this plane fast because I have the flu. And then what I was, what I had heard from TMZ and quote the source. I I hate them for breaking the right news, man, but they do. Quote the source. Yeah, yeah. Said that they, his people asked for a room, like a private room and it wasn't available. All right. So allegedly they took him from the hospital three hours later. 
Interesting. Okay. Which allegedly, as far as TMZ was reporting, yeah. said that that could have caused some issues towards his abrupt death. Right. Well, and what does it take? Three weeks for toxicology to come back? I'm going to prop this up. We got, yeah, yeah. I think we have, I think it's almost two weeks left to find out Something what, like that, what right? the, real, the real verdict is, I believe. But a huge fan of Prince. Huge yeah, fan. It's good. Love man. his music. It's, it's it's good. And I you know, honestly, the I think the best part about it is not that Prince was incredible and he wrote all these songs and they're brilliant songs, dude. There's no denying that Prince I wrote agree. brilliant songs. He's like a Howard Hughes type, right? Yeah. Did brilliant things, had a lot of money, and then just kind of lived a life of seclusion, and that's totally fine. Yeah. But I think like the the problem not the problem, but the thing that was most shocking is I wouldn't have realized he was on Percocet, which is the was right. what they're saying, right? Like so my mother in law said that. And she, I, she have some insight into she, it. I mean, she just kind of, she gave her insight on what her experience with Percocet was. She mm-hmm. had had a slip and a fall and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. In terms of taking the Percocet. And she said that was the only thing that really subsided the pain or God. let her get through it. I could only imagine what it was like to be, uh, you know, a performer or an athlete on said pill. Right. Oh, sure. Performing at that high level in front of an audience and then going home and being a civilian. Totally pain. Yeah. I will never know the two faces of being celebrity or having celebrity. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, honestly, like makes two of us, <laughs> Mike, it makes two of us. I'm the same drunk guy <laughs> behind closed doors as when I enter a restaurant, it's the same <laughs> fucking thing. It's all, all the same, which it's good. It's good. We're true to it. I agree. But you're, you're a Jersey guy. I have yep. a lot of amazing Jersey people that I've talked to, yep. such as Rachel Del Rocco, Bill Norris, yep. Jay Cosmos, of course. Yes. Yeah. Lots of brilliant fucking guys. I love right? Jay. How he's so, he, why he's is he great. so likable? He's, you know what? what the hell? For me, all I can say is that all the interactions that I've ever had with Jay Cosmos yeah. to the point where the first thing that pops out of my head is that he did a seminar at San Antonio Cocktail Week this year. Mm-hmm. And he had wrote me a message on Facebook and said, do you mind if I use your likeness for my, <laughs> for my mixology Jedi <laughs> hairstyles Ooh, and look? And I, see, I said, okay. Jason, I would be honored. <laughs> To be considered to be in this Jedi mixology seminar, and you would use my photo as the likeness. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. pretty damn flattering. Yeah, that's like I, his favorite thing. I, I suspect he likes that more than his family. Uh, I, you I, know, I don't I wouldn't know. go I'll as far as to say I'll that. Have to, I'll have to ask him. But it, but it could be like he seems a bigger fan. I see him post more about. Star I Wars. I mean, you know, I think he likes it more than Jen. Now that that actually may be a thing. That that got, could that could be. I don't know. I don't know if you saw. And, and the timing would have had been perfect. And you said it's been two years since sure. you've been in Austin. Yeah. So the Draft House did this amazing Millennium Falcon shaped menu <sighs> for the no. new Star Wars movie. Don't wind like, me up, Mike. Well, so here, here I'm well, a huge Star Wars. Me fan. too, man. And huge. I wish you'd been at the house. If we were at the so, house, so big. Oh, that's brilliant. So big. <laughs> So, okay, here, just a brief insight, because a lot of people don't get to come. They're, they're not invited. Everybody's invited to the house. I'll give you sure. the address uh, someday, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> they come up, and it's upstairs, and I have all the Star Wars figures that I had when I was a kid. Yep. My mom shipped them back to me. Yep. And I put them all on the wall and took like a Star Wars room. Yep. But the draft house to really embrace the spirit as they do for true film cinema lovers, you know. Of course. They have, well, beyond having an amazing kind of bravo, a couple of cock. Tiki, tiki drinks, of course. Them, which were the Tatooine Sunset, if I recall, was uh, one of them. That's a good one. <laughs> they had a Millennium Falcon shaped fucking menu. Isn't that amazing? So here's the thing. The only reason I tell you about it is so we both can commiserate and feel really bad because I didn't grab one. And I, when Bill was at the house, he's like, did you grab a menu? I'm like, wait, I'm allowed to do that? He's like, yeah, you should have grabbed the menu. I was like, 
So I have a secret. Okay. You you have one of these <laughs> menus? I have many, but I have Are one. Are you kidding me? I have one. Okay. okay. My wife for The Force Awakens yeah. in the Bronx got us tickets to the draft house. Oh. And the menu was a Millennium Falcon. No! She got two of the menus. Mm-hmm. And they now currently reside in our humble oh. abode in Brooklyn. What's the, I'm drinking my pain away. Is that the right <laughs> term right now? I, <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on for me to have to deal with this because after a while, I'm going to resent you so much. Sorry, I'm, I'm not sorry, Mike. <laughs> Will you at least send me a picture of it? Possibly. Like holding it and saying, let's see. Let's see how the weekend goes. Let's see how the weekend goes. Go back home, everyone. Said, are you having an affair with this guy? Like, no, he just wanted to look no, at the menu. No, you know, it's really Mike. not that big a deal. It's Mike G, baby. <laughs> so how is it growing up in Jersey? Very family-oriented, from what I understand. Yeah. And you kind of you were actually born in Jersey proper, or were you born somewhere else? No, I was born in Jersey proper. It is the Garden State, which a lot of people don't really, you know, kind of give credit to. Oh, I thought it was the Grease State. I, I mean, it no, could. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm it you. could pass as that, but <laughs> the authentic is the Garden State, yeah. based on the amount of farms that we have. Okay. Okay. So it's lo- uh, it is lovely. I've driven through like, more rural areas, and honestly, I, I was really it's beautiful. it's it's a beautiful place. Uh, it's a great place to raise kids. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of diversity in terms of what's being offered across the board. Yeah. From education to you know occupation to just you know kind of being a child and building a treehouse in the backyard yeah, yeah. and doing that kind of so thing. it's kind of like a really nice yeah growing up there it's green yeah. i imagine people are really cool did you have other family that lived in the area too? uh my both my sides of the family were from new jersey okay. uh both my parents were kind of raised on farms oh, in new really? jersey uh i'm the second generation my grandparents on both sides were immigrants we're from uh, some from Italy and Germany okay. and others from Ireland. So, uh, yeah, I'm the third generation in that regards. Uh, I was not raised on a farm, but obviously my father was and that uh, kind dairy of culture. Or- uh, so chickens, chickens okay. and some cattle and yeah, yeah. cows and pigs and all of that. It's all the good stuff. Yeah. I love, man, I love Ireland. Really Ireland, I had the opportunity to go for the first time last year, and it was just breathtaking. Talk about gardens. Yeah. Jesus, it's so lush and green, so green. Green, green, And the people are amazing. These are nicer than any. They're amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. So good. So you got a good fit. I mean, <laughs> so perhaps the story takes a turn. I don't know. No, there, let's but go. But there are a lot of like, uh, I and I don't say this in it as, in a, as I'm not casting aspersions. Sure. We all grow up in kind of broken homes, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I got my thing, and other people have their sure, thing. But it sounds course. like a pretty good deal. Like you, you have a brother. Your pretty good deal. Good. Pretty good deal. I had Dad's an older brother. Dad was bad. a DJ. Uh, they ran the business out of their own house, so I grew up on my my parents' office floor. Okay. So I heard a lot of um, not sales pitching, but yeah. I heard a lot of business being conducted sure. as I was playing with my matchboxes. You know, and while you just, my mother was conducting business, it's like sleeping with the Spanish records on. Well, so that was that was the day, and then the night was going with my father and watching him be the MC at the party. Oh, that's incredible! So that kind of thing mashed together. Listening to my mother listen to tone, and listening to diction on the phone, and selling people and making them feel comfortable without actually even seeing any, you know, body interaction, any, you know, any of that. And then watching my father then go and kind of do the exact opposite and solely rely on body communication. Yeah 
for you know getting people to dance or letting people have a good time or oh they don't like this song let's try and switch it up yeah i mean in a way that's like the perfect pedigree it was it was very shocking that i decided you're pretty tall too right well no i'm i'm like (laughs) 5'10 okay see that's good i'm like 5'10 but i ended up studying computer science in college which was completely the opposite yeah okay direction So then, you heard of a red herring? Change. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it, you know. Change gears. Yes. And then become a high school substitute. Okay. Which is a whole other story that we don't have time for. Okay. Okay. And then decide I would like to move to New York and try to aspire to be something as close to Tom Cruise minus being Tom Cruise. He's five ten or no? He's five, five nine. Six. So you tell me I'm taller than Tom Cruise? You're taller than Tom Cruise. Yeah, we're drinking to that. Jesus. Cheers, brother. He still looks better than I do, though. <laughs> he does for nearly, whatever, 50-something. Almost 50, yeah, 50, 50-something. 50 I think you're right. All right, so this is the question, though, I think. So it's oh, like, oh, here we go. I'm, Segway. I'm, Here's I'm the plotting, segue. I'm plotting these points, <laughs> these logical points in the air, trying to map this crazy it's, fucking trajectory. It's crazy. So you, what kind of high school kid were you, though? Because to your first pick to be computer science. I mean, were you real academic? Were you into sports? Like, so, your- oddly enough, this is a wonderful question, Mike. I was I was a tremendous tremendous student athlete. Okay. I was the president of my freshman class. Okay. Um, I did kind of take my academics quite seriously. All right. You're, po- um, you're like you're framing up to say this. Like I'm I waiting was, for this the no, thumb thing, the Clinton it, thumb. Thing. No, no, no. It, there, there's a big lead up to actually nothing. Okay, good, good. But just sharing, you know, high school for me, I guess was, God, I don't even know how many years. Yeah, it's been a while. But coupled with president of my freshman class, kind of you know very strongly influenced by my parents in terms of academics. Yeah. And then I was a big time athlete. I really. What was your What was your sport? Baseball and basketball, but basketball. more baseball than anything. Are you a forward or point guard? Uh, for basketball, I'm trying to guess at five ten. For basketball, I was kind of like I was the one, two, and the three. Got it. Okay. It depended. Makes you know, some sense. It depended on a couple yeah. things. Yeah. Let's put baseball. Makes some sense. Was baseball that, was my love. It was my first love. Your parents were totally supportive of that. Right? Humongously supportive. I had played on many teams and played, you know, almost nine months out of the year, okay. driving me all over the state of New Jersey. My brother was a ball player. Oh, okay. My aunt and uncle, they were all so kind so of softball. Brain, like, uh, it, was, it was there. And so I guess I wonder was because all right, so you got to think like, well, okay, cool. He's class president his freshman year. Yep. Obviously, people probably revere you in some sense because either. You can captivate a room, light it up, and you got some... I had a you big said personality. Elocution. Yeah, you said elocution. A, although, in high school... Who says that? I said elocution. that, but who, said, yeah, who says that word? That's a quarter word in high school. <laughs> That's right. Your vocabulary test, you're going to get totally a good does. score. Yeah. Although, there was a group against me in high like school. Like a group of people? Like a group. And and <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan in the okay. room, he knows. <laughs> what the... Okay. Oh, please tell and me. And this, yeah. this, is, this is deep, you know... Yes, this, sure, is heartfelt. Sure. this is heartfelt. I hope so. Yeah. It was called Stats. Stats. Okay. Students against Trevor Schneider. Jesus Christ. It was aggressive. Wow. Yeah. You it, don't seem it, like the Mussolini type. It, sc- <laughs> <laughs> it scarred me, but again, what hurts us makes us stronger, right? Ma- right. But how many people are we talking? Nah, a couple. Oh. Yeah. All right. Couple. I thought it was like a whole team of nah, people nah, nah. Like sitting around in an office like, what it are we going to do today? It was a couple. Freshman year was a good year. That's yeah. all I'll say. I see. President of the class, good grades. Yeah. Played a lot of varsity sports as a freshman, freshman yeah. which was like them taking my lunch and locking me in the locker. No kidding. Oh, yeah. 
Really? So I had that. I never played anything but varsity baseball yeah. in four years. Uh-huh. I was a seven-letter winner. So I only played JV basketball my freshman year, and I played varsity the next three years, and yeah. I played varsity baseball and started four years in a row. So they're just the haters. That's I mean, what haters going like. to hate, Mike. I know, and if they're stronger and in a mob, that's how politics work, I think. Like they just kind of coalesce it's together. Push, they just push they the do. little guys around. They really do. Five, Not ten, fair. Yeah, the 5'10 guys. I was 5'10". I'm 5'8", ten, eight, eight. man. Come on. <laughs> Tom Cruise ain't got nothing on That's him. right. Finally. God, finally. <laughs> All right. So I imagine, though, playing varsity, you're excelling at it. Yeah. Was that on the radar for college, to play college ball? So, I mean, I had, I had thoughts of that being – the end goal, yeah. baseball was the key for me. It was the sport that I know that I had had longevity in based on my physical size and right. stature. Um, I had had opportunities. I had gotten some scholarships in New Jersey yeah. and then ended up playing some baseball at Rutgers oh, and cool. then okay. got hurt. What happened? And then I actually got hit in the face with a bat. Oh, Jesus. Had reconstructed Not the like, anti-Trevor surgery. group, No, right? no, no, no. Okay. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a complete freak accident. Uh, I shattered my orbital bone and fractured my skull and have two strips of titanium and four screws reattaching my orbital bone to my skull. I was blind for about two and a half months. Jesus. It was a traumatic experience, which kind of sparked the, I'm going to change my life and do everything different, which is kind of where the Tom Cruise pursuant, but not be Tom Cruise acting thing happened. Well, is that when the shift to CS kind of happened to computer science at Rutgers? A a little more organic? Kind of. I was undecided before then as a major. Uh, A lot of things happened. I started drinking after that. I started drinking at 25 years old. Uh So I've only really been drinking for 12 years. That's We share that. I'm very. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah, my, Me, my grandma. That is who, that is my hashtag. I am <laughs> late a late bloomer. bloomer. Hands down, but I am proud of it. It's just, it's yeah. just my, it's my pace, and do, that's fine. Do you think? I mean, I think it's kind of interesting in a couple ways. So you know, my fun fact. But my grandparents were drunks. They're way drunks. Okay, they really were. Yeah, that's fine. That's their Irish or German, all that shit. Right? Sure. So you're, and then by no means am I saying this, but so coming from that kind of background, agrarian. You're talking uh, Italian yep. and also Irish. German, Irish. Yeah, German. I mean, those those are some good drinking groups. Was they that ever were, around? Or? They were, but on my father's side, yeah. they weren't drinkers at, Not all. at all. On okay. my mother's side, my mother's father was. Yeah, gotcha. So not Only. too, not, not too rampant. Not at anything all. to call out on. Yeah. No. Good. Interesting. They were all here, and they had just been here, and they were making a life for themselves. Yeah. So it was a little bit. My grandfather on my mother's side was the only one that really kind oh, that's, of that's not a, that, enjoyed. Yeah, so you you discovered it yourself basically. I it, it became it, it happened after my near death experience with getting hit in the head with the bat. You real? That's like, when I was everything. like, well, uh, you know, life is real. Yeah, and I was kind of really much put in a bubble mm-hmm. and not really understanding the reality of actual choices or consequences too, re- right? Completely. Yeah. So I was like, well, I've never drank before. I've chosen not to drink for so long. Yeah. I wonder what it's like. So I started making those choices, living like tomorrow wasn't going to exist from that experience. That's a brilliant you take a negative it. experience and yeah. you make it a positive. Experience. Well, that's it's almost you know if you call if it, if it was life threatening, which you, which absolutely sounds very. very oh, traumatic. I sat on the I sat on the bed and uh, I was in Will's Eye Hospital in Philadelphia. Yeah, and my my parents were there, and uh, it's uh, takes me back. It yeah. was in two thousand. It's been you know sixteen some odd years. Uh, May tenth, I, I got out on Mother's Day, which was May fourteenth that year. Um, it was a situation where they had said, your son's skull is fractured, his orbital bone is shattered, mm-hmm. 
uh, that causes, and we're only telling you this because we have to, yeah. that some of those bone fractures could pierce his cerebrum and he oh, may shit. not wake up. So we need you to sign. And here I am, like, you know, I've been blind already for a couple days. Yeah. And the one, the one eye, right? In only my right eye. I'm not eye. discounting it. No, nope. yeah, the hence, one eye. Hence the glasses, because yeah. it's kind of been, you know, degenerating ever since. Understood. Which is fine, but sure. glasses is corrected and I can well, see. Well, and you can still look uh, very, it's, very studious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And demure. But <laughs> <laughs> so it was a situation where, you know, I was in a state of saying, there's nothing more that I can do. Yeah. I'm at this crossroads and I don't get to choose whether it's left, whether it's right, whether it's straight, or whether it's reverse. Mm. I was kind of more along the lines of let's just sign this and we'll do what we have to do. Yeah. And I hope to see you guys when I wake up. My wow. mother loses it. Yeah. They damn near put her in the bed next to me because now I'm the baby. And they're saying, well, you know, he may, make up, he may wake up, but he may not remember you or there may be some complications, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And here I am having two surgeons. One of them is an ex-Navy guy that said from med school... He had a list of things, surgeries that he wanted to do. Really? And mine was it's one on of the them. List. So he came in and he was so excited saying, that's ah, what you I get want. to take the box. Yeah, that's He's what like, you this want. This is amazing. And when I was, so I was blind for a couple of days. Yeah. And whenever you lose one sense, your other sense is heightened. Right. So I became so acute into listening to tone of voice mm. and like diction that like I could tell facial yeah. expressions based on the way well, the ambush voice, right? Because like, you, you can't, yeah, you think so. When, I, when it first happened and I went to the hospital first, I had three rows of stitches, three, five, and 11. I had three layers. Wow. And so the surgeon says, we were playing in a uh, College World Series, like regional yeah. final. Yeah, yeah. And I said, so come on, you know, you really guys really need to sew this up because I need to play in the game tomorrow. And the doctor's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get you all sorted up and, you know, sewed up and we'll get you out of here. And I looked over to my mother and I couldn't see because yeah. both my eyes were closed. Yeah. And I grabbed her hand and I said, you can tell the doctor to stop lying now. You can and then the whole room just went quiet. That was the first time that then, like my body just took over and started to realize like the environment that was around me, it yeah. didn't matter. I didn't need to see it. Yeah. I was already jacked into the matrix and feeling things that were happening in the room that I just couldn't see. And my body just took over. Wow. Yeah. That's so then that continued to progress because yeah. I was blind for about two and a half months. It's like, it's like superheroes. It's it's like I hate to say that, like as if I Let always wanted it. to be a Jedi <laughs> in my life. Yeah. So I always wanted to have this innate, like kind of sixth sense, whatever it is. I'm dying, oh, man. dying to I, be a Jedi. I, so you know, it's funny, and we're at Vox Table, which is a lovely spot here in Austin. Lovely right? spot. Love you guys meet Jr. Did he come in? Uh, Jr. Actually wasn't okay. here, but Jr. Actually worked with us on a project that we are releasing in June called Oh Good Tricks of the Trade. Okay. I so, like this. So, so we're going to stay tuned get, for that. Yeah, let's talk yep. about that in a second. Yep. Well, so JR and I never really at length talked to JR, but we had him over the house and we made the wonderful cocktail for me and stuff. We started talking, did. right? And we started talking about Unbreakable with oh, Bruce Willis. Phenomenal. Right? I love that movie. So, I wish it was real. Well, so two things. One, <laughs> and I'm going to poke fun of him because we're here, but yeah. like one, that's like Bruce Willis. Yeah. He's just spontaneously the superhero. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's what happened. I mean, maybe uh, now it's a little more degree, organic, but in terms degree. of how I'm going to chronicle your life in my comic <laughs> novel, my illustrated Mike, you're novel. Too kind. <laughs> you're too kind. Too he, kind. You're going to rip your shirt off and be like, ah, and there's going to be that big <laughs> scar around you. Yeah. But no, so, so, 
<laughs> JR had never finished watching the movie. Okay. So, and, and, I mean, given this is like 90, probably 99, I think, when this came out. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it sucked that Bruce Willis died. I'm like, what are you talking about, JR? He's like, yeah, he fell in that pool and he died. I'm like, dude, did you ever finish the movie? He goes on to win everything and he gets the bad everything. guy. Everything. He turns it. the dark to light. It, yeah, exactly. And he's, he's like, like Luke. really? I need to go watch that. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, you do. If you recall, it's like remembering I mean, the Germans won World War Two, right? Netflix like, that, is like seven bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, Come on, Jr. Anyway, sort it out. So you you have this meteoric rise to power as a superhero. I spawn felt. from what is a you know critical, yeah. life threatening injury, and then my whole life changed after that. Which is, I mean, you wouldn't change it, would you? Um, no, not at all. Actually, there was an opportunity where I was going to go play baseball in New Jersey at a parochial school that could have kind of changed my path. Yeah. But I live with all my choices mm -hmm. and I stand behind them. And my path is what it was. I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you, right. you know, representing a beautiful vodka for an unbelievable company if I didn't make those choices. It's an interesting serpentine path at times, you know. And snakes can be sneaky. They can, but they also can be quite loving. Well, no, actually, that's not true. Loving snakes? Yeah, no. I sorry. want you to introduce me to some snakes <laughs> after this. Wait, I'm thinking about cats. Sorry. <laughs> yes, totally, cats. Totally, totally cats. Up. cats. All right, so we want to get to the New York movement, the New York chapter. Okay. You registering with SAG. You sure. taking those pictures with your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, he did his I research, ladies and like, gentlemen. That doesn't look like him. That no. guy doesn't have long hair. Yeah. He a, this guy doesn't have a shirt on. All I see is pictures of Trevor oh, with a shirt on. Man. So that this chapter, um, this was a chapter that was related to kind of the, the Tom Cruise pursuant, but it was more of kind of embracing a childhood and an experience that I kind of neglected for a very long time, which, yeah, which was entertainment, which was my parents being in entertainment yeah. and captivating an audience and being personable and engaging and being contagious in terms of sharing energy. Yeah, yeah. Where I thought that there was an opportunity for me to maybe share things that I up until that point, and this is uh, close to the first 20 some odd years of my life. Are we talking uh, 2021 kind of 20, nah, like 23. Okay, okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, where I kind of neglected that. And I only, as a child, associated that with my, my parents' business. Yeah. And I wanted nothing to do with the that's entertainment we, business. That's what you do. You I wanted to do my own thing. What your parents do. This I wanted to do my goes. own thing. Yeah. My father did the same with his father, who was an engineer yeah. and a machinist, and he went off and he worked smarter and for less hours and made you know twice the money. Yeah. And he you know kind of galvanized his own future. Uh, so uh, rightfully so, I kind of wanted the same thing. Um, I kind of fought that. I was all about education, right. all about athletics. Well, when athletics kind of fell by the wayside through my injury, uh, I kind of gave in and, and took that as a sign of saying, it's time to maybe look at, reevaluate, and yeah. see where I come from and where I want to go. And then so entertainment kind of happened. I had a, a friend of mine in high school that uh, was evolving as a photographer. He yeah. said, hey, man, I really love to take some photos of you. Put your shirt off. Started taking some pictures. Started taking <laughs> some pictures. I, are you sure, my Bill? Should off. I really take my shirt off? This so is a schoolyard. I, like, I hate to say it, but the first time, it's that situation where I look at you and go, hey, Mike, uh, let's take some photos. And then you take a couple <laughs> photos and you're like, all right, let's take some with your shirt off. And you start to think about it and you're like, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. You, you want that? This seems a little <laughs> like, hold on. Right. Is there a, there's an elephant over there. I think he's pink. That's and I right. think he has wings. I've watched Cinemax enough to know where this leads. All, <laughs> all good. Uh, good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Steve Halasny. Love you, bro. Um, got me kind of in that direction. And then he said, hey, La listen, man, you're like really char charismatic. Yeah. And you're really, you have like this bigger than, larger than life personality. Like, I think that you could have some opportunity. And I think your gateway is through modeling. Yeah. So I started then going into New York, taking the bus from Jersey, which was a shit show okay <laughs> i was riding the bus at least three plus hours a day yeah and paying whatever the hell it was 45 50 round trip yeah and just really not enjoying life trying to you know you go out there and you take that first step okay I'm, I'm a little selfish in that regards of saying i was expecting something to be maybe a little bit more turnkey or a uh, little bit easier yeah and it wasn't you know, that whole journey, I respect to all the actors out there, you know, like doing their thing and, and hearing no a million times and so still you, waiting for the you yes. also kind of like, a, uh, what's the word? God, I can't believe it. Um, you're also kind of interviewing for gigs too at the same time, or was I, acting even I, part of the equation? Acting, right? acting was something that he had said that I should set out on, but he said, you know, you start with modeling. Got it. Like a, there's a lot of people that started modeling a couple just to call out. Aston Kutcher was yep. a, a Calvin Christopher Klein Walken. Walken. No, I'm just kidding. His, real, his real name is Ronnie, but oh, I don't think he really? was. His real name is Ronnie. Anyway, <laughs> I was trying to think of someone that wouldn't start in modeling. He's a killer dude, by the way. I met him once. He's amazing. <laughs> oh, really? He's amazing. Oh, dude. He's amazing. Uh, quick chat, nothing serious. No, but still, he's amazing. incredible. Amazing. Totally. He's on Natalie. He's on the boat with fucking Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. Killing it. That's history right there. Anyway, and he's right, just out with a new movie too as well. Which one now? I'm a huge Apple trailers guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. I could burn like 30, 40 minutes just <laughs> watching trailers. And my wife is like, will you really just put something on so that we can watch <laughs> right. it instead of changing all these tones? But doesn't I love this it. look good? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> please. Let's go see it now. When's yeah. it out? May 6th. Great. Good. I got to wait Great. a couple of weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> that was perfect. How do we sink those water sips? I don't know. Really? I, I feel like it's just, it's the force. We are, we are in there. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so I agree. So, um, moving on from that, the modeling then just started to go out on and do some, some acting, uh, yeah. got a little, I got a little taste of the, you know, the bug from some of the soaps in New York, uh, okay. uh as the world turns, uh, guiding light. Uh, what was another one? I think it was One Life to Live before they moved to California. Any kind of patterns in the characters you were playing? Small, just, I was always playing. Boys. I always got cast as like, you know, <laughs> like the 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 younger, good looking, whatever. Oh, that's like good. Like I was the chef. Yeah. I was the personal chef. Okay. So okay. I came out and said, like on As the World Turns, like, uh, um, sir, your meal is ready. And then turned around <laughs> and walked off the screen. And they're like, you're and really like, an attractive chef. Thank you. And the Academy Award <laughs> goes to... Not me, but, but no, that good. was that's a lot a of fun. That was that know? was a lot of fun. I, I I learned a lot about myself, and 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 actually really learned that my passion for that wasn't as much as it was for hospitality. Right, which is a very they run a fine line. They're very parallel. Right. Well, right. So I started living in New Jersey and commuting in to then maybe go to you know some photo shoots or some acting auditions or you know, doing that kind of thing. And yeah. when that built up to more than four days, then I decided that I needed to move, move to New there, York, right? yeah. move to New York. What do you do when you're a starving artist and you're a model and aspiring fucking actor? <clears throat> what do you do? You get a job yeah. in hospitality. <laughs> well, sure. I run the gambit of everything yeah. from uh, busboy to, you know, bar manager to bartender to bar back to 
uh, you know, food runner, yeah, everything. everything. Buddy of mine that I meet in <coughs> spring break as a buddy of his that went to Cornell, opened a restaurant. First gig was at the Oak Room at the Plaza Hotel in New oh, York. Jesus, okay. Introduces me, says, you're going to be an amazing waiter. Your personality and your energy is off the charts. Hires me on the spot. No experience. Wow. This would be the point where I would actually get nervous yeah. if I was skilled in the field that I was in. <laughs> but clearly, I was just too blind to actually even know. That there are hey, some skills you I'm, need to have. Right? I'm in New York. I'm on 33rd and 8th in a place called Pen One Plaza. And there are people coming down for lunch yeah. that make squillions of dollars as far as I'm concerned right, at right, that right. point. And that's right. I said squillions. I think that's at least seven zeros. That <laughs> could be billion, but I don't be, care. It could, the, be, <laughs> could be nine, but <laughs> who's counting? Not us, clearly. The Koch brothers right. level. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Those, fuck, those fuckers came down so, and they <laughs> gorged themselves in pork chops and shit or whatever, right? <laughs> so my point is, is that I end up bouncing around to a couple hospitality places and I find out, I find myself behind the bar and I find that to be my new theater. I find that to be my new performance. Yeah, your new stage. My new stage. Because now I have a captivated audience because I'm standing in behind and in between what they want. That's right. And now they have to articulate on my level to some degree, with respect, obviously. Right, right, right. I'm a huge hospitality guy. I was raised in a service business, so I listened to my mother speak and I yeah. watched my father entertain. So then going to New York now, captivating this enormous, as far as I'm concerned, energy yeah. that I just try to share with everyone as much as possible because it's contagious. Yeah. Find and fall in love with the bartender position. It seemed, all right. Let's that go. was like 11 years ago, Mike. I know. Well, that's actually pretty, that's ten, a lot of ten, time. Probably 10, and a, ten, 10 or 10 something like yeah, so we're probably maybe the same age. I'm probably maybe a little older than you. I'm you 30. got gray in your beard. Uh, I have way. a lot of salt and pepper. <laughs> the beard is a condiment. Ah, I like it. It makes you salty. Well, I try. I try. That's good. It's good in a personality to be <laughs> yes. salty and peppery, but I don't know what that personality I like. Hey, Szechuan pepper. Ooh, is. I like that spice. Quite good. Um, so I find myself behind the bar. I find myself in an environment where I'm starting to try and pursue modeling and, and uh, entertainment or acting. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm in the hospitality world a couple days a week. And I'm finding that to be extremely entertaining, um, lucrative, fulfilling too, lu right? lucrative yeah. and completely fulfilling. Because it now here to I'm an artist here studying all these roles, auditioning for all these parts yeah. and then never being able to creatively you know, let them go. Absolutely. Well, right. and then, so then you're dealing with EPs, you're dealing with script people, you're dealing with directors. But here, like you said, you I'm, are the gateway. I'm the guy. You're the I'm gateway. everything. Right. I'm the actor, exactly. I'm the director, I'm the producer, I'm everything. You I'm are a writer. If, if you think about it, you are exactly the sum of the parts that you were raised. Uh, and it's funny because it took it's funny it takes how us I all, ended up there. Right. It, like it takes yeah. me go on these huge detours. Like, no, yeah. but I'm, you know, I'm brawn. I kept fighting it. I kept yeah, fighting it. Kept fighting. fighting it, but it pulled you back in. It did. It well, inevitably, my path got narrowed where yeah. it was like that was the option, and I found myself meeting a lot of people in the industry, mm. and not only enjoying myself and being able to look after myself financially, yeah. but I was good. I I I had fulfillment, as you said, which was something that was very difficult for me to find in the acting world. Yeah. Because until you kind of sell your soul to the devil, you, sometimes you don't even make it when you sell your soul. Yeah. And what kind of input do you really have on nah, something? No, very little creative it's input. Yeah. It's tough. It's cool tough. tough. I, I actually had the opportunity to sit with Rob Schneider once on set, and we actually 
We Which, shared, do you know what, what movie was this? It, it was. Uh, I used to work. Um, I used to work background on a show called Casino Cinemas on Spike TV. Okay. Okay. Uh, with Steven Schrippa and Beth Ostrowski, Howard Stern's wife. Oh, they weren't married at the time. The one, so his wife, his second wife, yeah. Yeah. So um, she's amazing, by the way, and I love that she supports all the, you know, um, animal rights groups. Yeah, absolutely. PETA and... and she got him healthy, like, man. Yeah, yeah. She really did. Like, he's, he she, looks She good, was though. amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. So I'm in, the, I'm in the bathroom sharing a urinal experience with Rob Schneider... <laughs> Who's a huge fan? Sure, I, I'm a humongous fan. I, even, I was. This is the time when I'm tr- I'm trying to act and I'm trying to I'm trying to understand. And yeah, it's yeah. every opportunity I'm saying, "Hey, Rob, I'm starting out. Is there any advice that you can give me?" Yeah. Rob says, and now it makes complete sense now that he was on SNL with, um, with Sandler. Yeah. And with all Spade, those, all Farley, those, guys, all those, guys. All those yeah, guys. yeah. What he says to me, and I didn't realize this until years had passed. He says to me. As we're, I mean, to share a crazy joke, <laughs> we're standing at the urinals. Yes. And somebody's in the bathroom. There's a weird noise that occurs. Okay. And he says, he looks at me and then he looks over his shoulder and he goes, I want to be on your diet. What are you on? <laughs> we share a laugh. Yeah. And then I say, Rob, you know, I'm Trevor. It's very nice to meet you. I said, uh, I'm, I'm aspiring to be an actor. If there's any bit of advice you could give me, yeah. what would it be? What's the nugget, Rob? Exactly. Yeah. 100%. And Rob Schneider looks at me as, again, like I said, we're sharing urinal. He says, whatever you do, write your own stuff, uh-huh. star in your own stuff, and produce your own stuff. That's perfect. Essentially, it's Sandler's career. Absolutely is. He created his audience. He created his content. And he starred in all of his content. Yeah. And he made it work. Yeah, absolutely. He... Happy Took Gilmore it from man, zero to hero. Yeah, and he's the guy. Absolutely. He's the guy. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. No, but It you, worked uh, for him and it worked for his team. Do you know the Duplass brothers? I don't, Mark but Duplass the name, sound, the so name sounds from, familiar. They're from Louisiana, but Austin went to UT and stuff. They're doing that same, same thing. thing. Yeah, he's on, he was on the, the league, Mark Duplass was. He's okay. the league and he had the show for HBO. But like, that's the thing. Oh, and that's so it. They have a unique voice and they're putting out this content and they're directing it and it's just, it's perfect. You have to do, the, if that's the vision, you have to live and die by that yeah. vision and you hope that it, you know, obviously there are other people out there that see your vision and, and understand it and enjoy it. You, so to, to like kind of analogous to that, that's what Tesla does. Yeah. Tesla does every aspect yeah. of the car production, right? They make right. all the, so I mean, it's, it's it makes sense. So it makes sense. And so it makes was that complete a, sense. Was that, that was a deterrent a, though for that you? Was or was a, that that a, was a situation where I had made a couple attempts and then I realized that my passion for that career yeah. was maybe not where it should be. And I kept rising in the bar world yeah. and I kept getting more positive reinforcement there, not only financially, but socially and my career. And people were saying, hey man, you're like, you're really good at this. Like, you know, you send to, you, you, you tend to be very well with people yeah. and, and you enjoy it and, and it works. And, yeah. and oh man, I never look back. And that was almost 10, 10 and a half years Crazy. ago. What Crazy. If, give me a, if we're, so let's say this is an interview. Sure. <laughs> like an actual interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what, Places did you hop around in in New York? So one of the first places that I ever worked at in New York was an NYU bar. Okay. It was called Society, and before that, it was called Newgate, and it was a college NYU bar. Yeah. Uh, I had no experience. A buddy of mine did the door there. I um, I had walked in to have a drink, and you know he said, "Come by my work, you know, have a drink, hang out." It's like that kind of promoter slash whatever thing where you you know you're just trying to put people in the building. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, I walk in, I hang out. He introduces me. <clears throat> excuse me. He introduces me to the staff. Um, I meet this manager. Uh, she says, "You know, do you bartend?" And I say, uh, "You know, I do some cater waitering because at yeah. that point I was still doing the acting thing." And uh, I said, "You know, uh, yeah." She said, "Do you want Let's a job?" Do it. So you're transitioning from the bar community and kind of having really good experiences there and good opportunities right. to a brand position. So tell me how that kind of worked. Cause I, it's really, it's not a big, not a huge surprise equation wise, right? <laughs> that like, I ended up where I am. Right, like there's people, right. they're like, yeah, I want to buy a drink from that guy. Right. So to make the segue, I would be, had been in the industry for quite some time and where I thought that I was excelling in a lot of ways was exactly what you just said yeah. in terms of captivating the audience. So where does that really play in? It plays in huge as being an ambassador and representing a brand in the country. So I started to try and find ways to be in that environment. Mm -hmm. There were a couple opportunities. I had actually pursued a, a brand ambassador position for approximately five years, the last five really? years of my bartending career. But there were brands that approached me that I didn't really, I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah, if you yeah. will. Did, uh, did it or, not feel like an organic kind of it, fit? It felt like it was a situation where it just didn't fit. And because now I came from the acting world where I was trying to fit, I was a circle peg trying to fit in a block. Right. This was that environment where I was the square and I was only looking for the square. Yeah. I was not a situation trying to fit somewhere that I'd know that I didn't belong. You wanted to find a nice copacetic match. You don't have to kind of put, you don't have to whore yourself out. Oddly right? enough, there were only vodka brands that were approaching me. And I think that was directly really? related to my personality and yeah. my infectious kind of interaction. My point is, is that I was blessed enough to finally be considered by a brand by William Grant and Sons, which I had had a lot of friends yeah. that had worked for. Good for portfolio many stuff years. too. I mean, it's like that's an industry leader, right? Unbelievable. They, they're very unique in the way that they do business in a lot of ways, and they really stand for the people that they hire. Yeah. And I'm truly honored to be a part of that team in so many ways that I can't even really express it. So what year did you hop on with William Grant's? I've been an employee of William Grant and Sons since August 5th of 2014. Oh, so cool. it's approximately so pretty, a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, August it, will be my two-year. And it appeals to your, your sensibilities <laughs> <laughs> as it, it a charismatic works, actor type. It, right? it works in a lot of ways to be able to kind of dis walk into a room and discuss something that maybe people are not familiar with. Yeah. And so what drew you to Rekha? Reka was a situation that was deep-rooted in science for me. Yeah. Um, as we discussed earlier, I'm kind of a little bit of an academic person, and I love science and math, and Reka really attributed to a lot of the natural resources that Iceland has to offer, and yeah. William Grant keyed in on those things. So it was really a no-brainer when the opportunity came across my proverbial desk. Proverbial desk, proverbial which is the bar desk, top. Which was the bar top <laughs> for many years, man. So we're talking, it's an 80-proof, and it's actually, so every time... Each one of these chats, we have a conversation. Yep. I believe we have a Reka and Bitters. Is this is this correct? Is that Reka soda and Bitters, baby. Salute. Thanks so much. Skull, baby. Sharing. And so what is... So I'm looking at the wonderful display here, yes. which has Icelandic air, Arctic spring water, lava rock, filtration. Yeah. What's the thing that you like about the flavor of Reka? So the there's a lot of things that are unique about Reka, sure. not only for the category, but... Um, for the spirit as well. I say this oxymoron thing all the time. Mm. Reka is a vodka flavored vodka. I see. Vodka as a category has seen its ups and downs and it's gone in its kind of path yeah. and it being colorless, odorless, and flavorless. So as I said, the oxymoron thing about it being a vodka flavored vodka, 
Reka really wanted to embrace the spirit of Iceland. It's a terrible pun, but I love to use it. That's good. That's fine. <laughs> it's kitschy, but it's good. I like it. Rob so, Schneider would say that shit. Rob Schneider would definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider would definitely say that. So, a couple of the components that make Reka very unique is that we use Arctic spring water. Yeah. It's arguably some of the purest water in the world, and purer than most bottled waters. Wow. Um. The second component is Iceland is constantly referred to as the land of fire and ice. Mm. I just told you about the ice aspect, which oh, is our glacial okay, water. Knows. Killer, right. yeah. killer. Some of the best water in the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. hands down. Scientists prove it. Right. The second aspect is kind of twofold. We utilize volcanoes in two regards. One, our distillery is 100% powered by geothermal energy, oh, leaving wow. no carbon footprint whatsoever. Right. The second fallout of that is that we actually use the lava rock as a natural, effective, efficient way to remove impurities. To char- yeah, to filter. Be- yeah, absolutely. No different than charcoal yeah. in some whiskeys. Except it's, a, it's probably a little more nuanced and a little bit more true to the water. Same source. It's a little bit more stuff. true to Iceland and yeah. true to the whole production process. Absolutely. Um, a couple of the other factors is, is Iceland has some of the cleanest air in the world. Where our distillery is located is a small fishing village called Borgenis. Yeah. It's about 46 miles or 76 kilometers north of Reykjavik, which is the capital of Iceland, which mm. is about the size of the state of Virginia. Oh, wow. That has about 350,000 people in it in the entire country. That's crazy. In 2017, I believe, or towards the end of the year, there will be more passports that are held from other countries than <laughs> actual people that are naturally the born Vegas in of- Iceland. <laughs> it's, it's, it's becoming a very touristy place. But that's killer. That's really I killer. digress. <laughs> Back to the air. The air quality is very important because the CO2 emissions are actually falling in and around where our distillery is located, which is amazing for keeping the impurities out of our distillate. Um, The other kind of, you know, two unique facts are we are distilled one time. Oh, that's it? One time in a Carterhead still, which is one of six in the world and the only one that is still vodka. Okay. The rest are scotch, right? And, and uh, gin, maybe? Gin. Yeah. Uh, the Carterhead still is a, a still that was designed right? for, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe Old Raj, I believe Bombay Sapphire. Hendrix and too, maybe? Hendrix yeah, is in there maybe. as well. Yeah. So we are distilled one time in a Carterhead still. It takes six hours, produces a thousand liters or 255 cases. We like to consider that small batch, it is, especially small batch for the category yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's and what's that's Reka. Great, and it's eighty proof, or it's eighty proof. Yeah. And it's we're gonna enjoy some more cocktails, of course. Of you've course. Got this, you've got this other kind of an amazing Austin tour planned tomorrow. There's an event at Barton Springs. If I yes. recall, you guys yes. are gonna dive in the water, give you another chance to take your shirt off. I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harking back to the probably old photo not days. Anymore, maybe Mike. Probably not anymore. <laughs> well, you know, we get married. We're still, <laughs> we're still like, you know, we're we're still people. They still find us attractive. <laughs> I say that with doubt. You know, in the upper inflection, right? <laughs> of course. So when are you when are you leaving then? So you got that event tomorrow and doing anything tomorrow night on that? Uh, tomorrow I'll be bouncing around again, kind of just sharing the rake of love, uh, showing some support and introducing it to people that are not familiar. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit of a um, it's a challenging market considering there are so many local vodkas here in Texas. That's right. Uh, I welcome that challenge. I enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, but I'll be bouncing around and uh, I'm back to New York on Friday. Friday afternoon. Jet setting. And don't ever let someone tell you that most of the vodkas in Texas are from Texas. You have a vodka that's from Iceland. It's made from the actual terroir. It's made from that water. That is absolutely unique. Yeah. Don't let these guys tell you. I, I stand out against that stuff in Texas, man. Mike, I agree. Distiller, so. I agree. <laughs> let me say it. Let, let them get I, mad at me. I agree. They're my peers, not yours. I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, dude, it, it, Trevor, it's been 
really brilliant. And um, thank you. I hope you have a good good rest of your stay yep. in Austin, and, and you have to come back and check back. A hundred percent. Hang on. We have drink. to hang tomorrow yeah. or later tonight. Oh yeah, tonight. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll be around. Absolutely, dude. Been awesome. a pleasure. Enjoy your trip. Thank you Thanks, very much, Mike. Cheers, brother. Let's go. Well, there we have it. Another great chat with one of the roster mates at William Grant and Sons. We've talked to Jonathan Wingo, JP De Luera. Lots of great people, lots of great personalities. And this time, no exception with Trevor Schneider representing Reka Vodka. It was amazing getting to know him and spending some time with him on his brief stint in Austin, Texas. It's amazing to see what the source is, what the cause is for people to be propelled or to be expelled into the hospitality industry. And it's an amazing story, a unique one at that. So thank you so much, Trevor, for letting me sip some Reka vodka with you and getting to know you a little bit better. And, you know, take some digs, you know, some Tom Cruise. You look like Tom Cruise. You're a model, you're not wearing shirts in a lot of pictures, all these things. It was great getting to mess around and getting to know you. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what Eureka vodka cocktail you're contemplating this afternoon or this evening or what William Grant & Sons product you're looking forward to tasting next, and no, they are not paying me. This is a personal endorsement, I promise. Please keep dancing.